Okay, this is Menarach Manorheim. We're back. Um, that was so um, incredible. It's like, you don't even really quite know. Well, let me just start by asking, what is the vicar? It's, uh, verse 5. Verse 5. Okay. So, I mean, and Mabruk for finishing it in one session. <laughs> <laughs> um, although, you know, we ha we're going to have, like, I think, a number of questions. And so part of the question, let's see how we do on time, because we're already um, almost 10 o'clock. So we'll, we usually leave about 45 minutes for, for questions. Um, you know, it's, it's just um, really mind-blowing um, when we start like putting all of these sores because we've been getting late Meccan sores one after another after another and it's so fascinating to when you start putting them together and, and understanding that the, the picture that it's creating and then just the way that you've you know continued to place in our minds you know this is what they were going through they were a persecuted people this is a message that you're getting it's like it makes it so like come alive in a way that I think you know I had never experienced as a convert hearing anywhere and and you know it's like every time with every single Sora everything we learn you just feel like how could this not be just a very vibrant part of our tradition that, that we're you know continually thinking about well, if you make it feel any better uh, it's, it's not just as a convert but this this approach is just not it's not experienced by any Muslim because they they just the 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 in the modern age it just hasn't hasn't uh, I mean let, let's set aside the existential questions of of why me and all of the things like that and it's just uh, you know the 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 point is just that it's. Yeah, it is the truth. Well, it had to be you because no one is as obsessive about books. Well, actually, now we have a couple. We have Rami and Joe who are in competition. So maybe they're the next generation of crazy book people that can carry this for Maybe Joe, Rami's not even close. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, you know, subhanAllah, it's... Like, even with this, you know, like, I, I, you know, when we still have, like, all these sores coming at us at a million miles an hour, um, you know, like, even this one with the idea of justice and, you know, every single sore talks about justice. But, you know, and Shura, it's like everyone thought they understood what that meant. But the idea of, connect, you know, like, the bee and the idea that it's not just about justice, but it's also about individuals, like, you know, the whole idea of dignity and, you know, like making people feel like they are able to contribute whatever their best purpose is in the context of diversity, in the context of justice, in the context of creating a society, you know, and then I think about the things that we've learned through other stories, even like the respect of animals and all of that. And I was reminded last night in our reflection group, you know, you shared this story about our, our white German shepherd, Luda, no. who is like our most insane dog that, you know, like is, anytime Luda is happy, it's a she, I would say he, because feels like a he, but she spins. And it's like the funniest thing. It's like in the most random times and places, you know, in the tightest of spaces, you know, I'm trying to do something. She's happy that I'm there. She comes and she just starts spinning. And it's like, you've never, I've never seen a dog do this before. 
but and then you were telling a story about how she ended up on my side of the bed just because she felt like it. But the idea that is is an expression of an animal that feels like free to be itself. It's happy. It's you know like being you know it's just expressing whatever God put in you know this personality and this character. And you know, you can't help but think about like, okay, that's what we have to allow for our human beings, which we don't, um, in order to fully allow them to be happy and feel free to be expressive, and then be free to go to the next level of creating a society and think about diversity and think about, you know, creating a civilization and all of that. And it just all starts coming together, as you say, in a symphony, not just in one sura, but the whole thing. So it's very exciting to be able to just start seeing all of those pieces to come together. So. Just to again express, you know, my, my gratitude. This is amazing. I just I don't know how we would ever have the occasion to understand anything like this without Project Dylan, without you, without all the time you invested. So it just you know, and with every sura, it just gets that the the amount we have to pay back, and you know, the gratitude and everything just layers on and on and on. So I mean, it's almost like you want to say stop. The accountability is too high. <laughs> like how are we gonna pay this back? But alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Thank you so much. So okay, oh, um, you guys asked for it. <laughs> I, I mumbled. You guys asked for it because you know, yes. for, for years I wouldn't. I didn't want to do it. Oh my god. Okay, and forty-six down, right? Is this the forty-six or the forty-seven? Forty-six down. And how many more to go? Who's good at math? Oh my gosh. Yeah, uh, last night uh, the sheikh was saying, yeah, you don't know yet what is yet to come. So we're 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 waiting. Okay, who would like to kick off? Rami, do you want to start with your question? Uh, yeah. Okay. Rami had two questions. He was going to pass one tomorrow, but actually, you just pass one to Henry. Henry can <laughs> represent and ask one of those. Forty-six. Sorry. What you I, I, I thought just in case it wasn't clear what the story of Luda was. Please tell us. <laughs> Now, I was just saying that the, what Grace was referring to is that yesterday I was telling them that uh, that Allah teaches us that Allah's sunnah, Allah's laws can be witnessed in all levels of creation and that um, even an animal and uh, in, 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 and the same thing that makes a human being oppressed and broken is what makes an animal oppressed and bro broken. It, it, it's the same logic. It's uh, and when an uh, when an animal is with with all the instinctiveness that an animal reflects, but when an animal is constrained from expressing the self they're unhappy and and when an animal has that level of freedom where they are not scared to express themselves uh, they're happy and the same applies to human being um, and so what I'm saying is that I, I, I Luda, the, the dog Grace was mentioning, doesn't normally jump on our bed, doesn't normally like to sleep in our bed. But I noticed one night as I was passing through that Luda jumped on 
Grace's side of the bed and was lying there and seemed so happy and so content. And and I realized that uh, as I was looking at the dog, the, the the fact that she looked at me and wasn't scared, she knew that she had nothing to worry about, I'm not going to yell at her, I'm not going to chase her and so on. Um, that's what made this dog happy. And the same for a human being. If, it, if a human being lives in fear, in anxiety, so it, it's, Allah speaks to us through the ayat that Allah has encoded, not just in the Quran, but in creation, constantly. It's just, if only we would pay attention. And um, it's only, it's just learning to read the language. That's all it is. Okay. Um, my question is about um, verses uh, 39 through, um, what is it? Yeah, th uh, 43. Um, you, you talked about how 39 is about establishing the mechanisms of redressing injustices um, and uh, I, I mean uh, so the, the, the language هم ينتصرون um, Ibn Ajiba explains as ينتقمون من ظنهم they um, redress the injustice uh, that that has been imposed against them and he he mentions like how others uh, understood this verse as really being about the dignity of humans and that a, a muslim should never be um you know submissive or weak or meek um so my my question is because the language is interesting, I was wondering if. Sorry, I, I'm I'm rambling, but because when I read this, I was like, how can anyone? I mean, the same thought occurred to me is like, how can anyone think Islam is consistent with an unjust, unjust, uh, you know, uh, circumstance? But thirty nine seems. <clears throat> Because the pronoun shifts between 39 to 43, the relative pronoun. It mm -hmm. starts with Alladina, and it suggests um, addressing an imperative for a group. So I was wondering if 39 is about sort of more macro societal issues, um, and because then it talks about things relating to a collectivity. Shura, establishing prayer, I mean, the, the understanding that the community has to establish prayer, sharing wealth as a collectivity, and then the pronoun switches to men when talking about forgiveness and patience. So I, I was wondering, I mean, could 39 be read to be um, more broadly as like, not just you know process and procedures of, of justice and you know i don't want to limit your take what, what you mentioned to proceed to that but there's more to expand in the sense of 
you know, resistance, protest, etc., things of that nature. Um, that that was one question, Grace. Is there? Should should I? The other one is kind of short. Yeah, go ahead and just like maybe add. Okay, we're thinking I'll, of just um, combining yeah. questions for the in the for the interest of time. So Ramni will ask two, and then you can answer. Okay, so the other is the idea of wilaya, which I thought was really prominent in the surah. It comes up and, you know, I counted at least like eight, seven or eight verses. And the idea of Allah saving us from our follies that you mentioned several times, the hierarchy between Allah and the Prophet, the fact that the Prophet is not a wadi, he's a... Uh, a conveyor of the message and the reference you know to the rain and the ships uh, what I mean what can be said about the idea of wilaya in the context of the surah the second question what can be said about the idea of wilaya I, I think I mean I don't have much to, to add to that other than that um, the 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 surah because the 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 issue of wilaya I mean or what you mean by wilaya in this context it will be brought up or will be addressed more precisely and clearly in other surah um, but in surah in the context of surah to shura it is clearly. I I I like I, I would prefer to see it as an issue of of addressing the reality of diversity. That the prophet, even the prophet, is not there to um, to snuff out diversity. And he has no authority to snuff out diversity. And the the challenge i mean if you truly if you reflect upon the entire narrative of the surah it's um it's part of preparing muslims to dealing with the ongoing reality of diversity that is uh, uh, uh the only perhaps stronger statement of diver about diversity is which is but it's in a different surah but the that so we clearly know that the surah underscores again that the prophet doesn't control and is not sent uh, as, and that even after the hijrah, it will come back and emphasize that the prophet doesn't play the role of a controller. And then beyond that, it invites um, serious reflection on on what conditions would maximize 
justice, what conditions would maximize and intusar min al what conditions would maximize shura, what conditions it, 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 the the Quran is is not like a tax code or a book of uh, it's not a legal document that you know sets out rules uh, to to run anything, uh, but it sets out principles and it it must be read by, as as the Quran itself says by with tafakkur and ta'aqqul and deep reflection. Um, about al-intisar min al-baghi, which is the, the, um, uh, the entire um, issue, um, there are so many layers First, al-intusar min al-baghi, meaning redressing aggression, defending oneself against aggression is a right. Al-intusar min al-baghi haq, and that that is said by nearly every source. But then beyond that, al-tanasur li al-baghi how how you can come together to repel aggression so at and whatever are the conditions whatever the requirements there are to In a normative sense, that you must be able to, what do you call it, a system, a process, a principle of tanasur in aiding one another, coming together to address aggression. Now, that under that category, you can write volumes of things. But of course, there is the ethic of bravery in Daf al And this is what Ibn Ajiba focuses on. And a lot of the Sufi asked the Fasir, they, they focus on that element that, um, the, that one must have hamiya, one must have bravery, one must not be a coward. That, to, to be able to, to not just simply suffer uh, injustice and um, convince oneself that I'm forgiving what in truth you're just a coward. Um, and this is an ethic at, a, at, at an individual and at a, at a collective level because it can also exist collectively. Um, all of it is included under under now the part that I was perhaps emphasizing um, is 
تهيئت الظروف المؤدية لانتصار الحق على البغي that you create the conditions so that so that you don't so every occasionality doesn't raise challenges that are met that are met individually and separately meaning that not every time that you are confronted with injustice you then you know you you see who's brave who has the strength who you know let's get uh, let's get people together to respond to injustice but to create a system that can respond to injustice at a regular and systematic and consistent basis and every sheer theory of real justice goes back to what in arabic is how do you organize society how do you organize law how do you organize the political system how do you so that you can create a system that responds to injustice and so in 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 many ways i was it's just at a deeper level that you know when you have when you have a tribal society, uh, what what fills in what fills the gaps left by law and administration and policy is alhamiya. Is that in a tribal society you can you know call for your clan, you call for your family, you can call for and you say help me and they rush to your help but the more the 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 more and more you as you you get to a settled society or a non-tribal society the more you cannot count on that element anymore and then you have to have a system because relying on the fervor of the moment is very precarious and the, we are, it is incumbent that we read the Quran within the epistemology of our age. And very few of us, Muslims, continue to exist in tribal societies. So to continue to simply see this as an issue of bravery and guts and fervor is very dangerous. It's uh, we short we sell ourselves short. I think that there's a very widespread misconception, which now I'm, I'm after this halakha I'm realized that I had as well about what shura actually means, and um, it seems like the misconception is that it's it's simply a a form of consultation that creates an equality of voice. And it reminded me of, of, of something that happened with the masjid that always sat, didn't sit well with me for a very long time. Like I wonder, okay, they, they were implementing shura, but where, where did they go wrong within the framework of that misconception? There was a masjid during the 70s or 80s where they had a board that was run by people who were qualified and a group, a majority, came in and it became the majority who were not qualified and simply because there was a process of shura they were able to push out and they literally did push out everyone who had been there who started that masjid mm -hmm. um, and so it seems like 
it's that that can be one one aspect. The quality of voice is certainly a mechanism of shura, but to limit it to that can can inevitably or possibly create injustice and inequity uh, because it's not. It doesn't seem like really justice is just equality, but it is most definitely equity, which would consider in that context um, someone's qualifications, how much someone is contributing to to an effort. Um, what in the? I, and I have two questions. That's the first one: is what in our modern era in creating organizations? Because you know, I mean. Obviously, we understand that at the, the governmental level. In creating organizations, what are the different objectives that we should have in mind when implementing shura? And then the second question is in regards to the, the verse about God doesn't speak to humans except through, but from behind a veil. What, what does that mean exactly? Okay, so the the question about shura is shura is a dynamic that leads to the production of goodness while preserve, preserving the participatory principle while honoring the worth and dignity of the participants. Um, now, in our modern age, it is easier to say what shura is not. It's like simply giving someone an opportunity to just have a, an opinion is not shura. I think in our modern age, um, giving the right task to the right person is part of shura. Having a participatory model where people can have, where people can generate ideas and and it doesn't mean that every idea must be equally implemented, but it means that people can feel a sense of worth and a sense of creativity and a sense of validation. Um, not every organization is what, what is required to an, for, an, for an Islamic society. It doesn't mean that every organization must be thoroughly Shura-esque. That, that's not the, you know, so if, if you can't come to grandpa and, and grandma store and say, well, you've got to run the store according to a Shura system. It, 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 it is, you know, not, not every time human beings get together is a microcosm of an Islamic society. Um, because that would run counter to a system of rights. I mean, can you imagine if, uh, I, I remember, uh, I don't even remember which hospital state it was, 
but someone was telling me that the doctor, I think, was complaining that um, people who are not doctors have, which sounded really crazy to me, but that like nurses or medical aides, or I, I don't remember exactly, but that they, they were not doctors, but that basically they have the, their voice is given equal weight to a doctor in complaining about and and that how much it was, how much disruption it was causing in the hospital, and this was a really badly run hospital. This was the uh, the hospital near South of Oaks, mm -hmm. where yeah, it, it, it was just miserable. I mean, I, I could tell that it was really dysfunctional. I mean, the, the nurses, I could tell that they couldn't stand the doctors. The doctors couldn't stand the nurses. The service was horrible. Everything was horrible, and you know, obviously, that's not what what is. It, it, there's a way you can give people a sense of dignity and a sense of value, but at the same time, respecting specialization and respecting levels of knowledge and levels of expertise and, and so on. Um, so. And this is precisely where I think the idea, when, when you understand this in the context of understanding what, what goes, what takes place in, in the dynamic of production of honey is, is useful, is that it, you know, no one size will fit all. Um, but what what Shura would look like at the level of a nation state is going to be very different than how Shura looks like in a, at the level of a company or an NGO or at a level of a small partnership or at the level of a, a family. In, in a family where you have you know, a small circle of people, it, it, Shura might mean that on some issues, the mother should have the last say. And on some issues, the father should have less say. But what, and on some issues, the children should have some say or no say or all the say. It depends. But what is core is that all must feel their sense of self-worth and dignity. And what, when you look at even those who, who complain that the, the, uh, that the shura was destroyed and the khidafa now has become mulk. What was it that they were saying? They were saying, we have real grievances about an elite who enjoys a privilege with no means for our grievances to be heard or addressed. And while I, in our modern age, I think Shura, in our modern age, probably must look like a democracy because we haven't, we can't think of a better system to honor the, it's not because democracies are perfect, but because in our modern age, we, no one has been able to come up with a better system. Um, that even a, a, you know, a constitutional monarchy is, is no, a constitutional monarchy in our modern age with, with all that modern human beings have become 
it, it seems absurd because it, it still will pre preserve privilege and elitism and so on. But at the time, a thousand years ago, Shura didn't mean democracy and didn't necessarily have to mean democracy because the consciousness and the psychology of people was very different. So it's, it's very dangerous to think in terms of you know, prefabricated um, straitjackets. Dignity and participation. It's the core of Shura. Um, the other question, the, literally what it means about God speaking behind a veil, it means that in Judaism, in the, in the Torah, God interacts with human beings like uh, like another human being. And in fact, we know that Jacob wrestles with God and beats God. In Christianity, God sends Godhead, the Son, who interacts with human beings and then is crucified. And we often forget that in so much of human history, we humanize God. And even in our modern age, we humanize God. We, we turn God into effectively, you know, someone who is like a teddy bear, who just loves us unconditionally. And, you know, like, like our Hollywood uh, image of, of the, 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 the Hollywood, uh, um, 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 what do you call it? What is the look of word? The, the Hollywood um, uh, partner, you know, uh, um, you know the the, the 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 typical Hollywood romantic story of you know unconditional love, blah blah blah, so on and so forth. Uh, so, literally, what it means is that God speaks to human beings through a prophet. God speaks to human beings as God spoke to Moses. It, where Moses he heard a voice but couldn't see God. And then when he said, asked to see God, God says, you know, I'll reveal myself to a mountain and it won't, you know, it will crumble once. And um, Or as God spoke to Ibrahim through inspiration, not through a, a an angel, or through a voice, but through a dream. So the distance between the divine and human being, but that's the literal meaning. But the the substantive meaning is that the distance between the divine and the human is exemplified in there is nothing like God so the the type of deprecating of divinity into the cesspool of humanity is deeply deeply troubling and it has horrible consequences
Thank you. Question from Joe. Um, what a halakha. Thank you so much, Sheikh. Uh, my question Does the process of shura guarantee a just outcome? Or can a just process in theory still lead to unjust ends? I'm thinking about how many unjust policies and actions, past and present, enjoy. Oops, sorry. Oh, that's my thing. Um, Okay, I'm thinking about how many unjust policies and actions, past and present, enjoy a democratic mandate. The Sura seems at first to be speaking on a societal level, I think the professor said this, but society is surely only as ethical as the individuals who yeah. comprise it. If the participants of Shura are themselves not committed to justice, then how can Shura produce tamkin, or empowerment and goodness? Following this logic, the real message of Shura does not start on the societal macro level. The Shura is first and foremost, above all, a call to work on the self. And perhaps this is why prayer precedes Shura in mm -hmm. verse 38. No, I completely agree. I mean, and, and I don't think just democracy... Uh, there are many democratic systems that have... what. I, you know, I, it depends on how you, the definition of democracy, because we often, often ignore that there's so many definitions of democracy. I mean, depending on your theory of democracy, you would either count the U.S. as a democracy or not. You would either count, and some theories of democracy, the U.S. is a polyarchy and not a democracy. Um, um, I mean, the, the, the Robert Dahl himself said this. Um, and same thing with Britain. Uh, there are many theories of democracy where Britain would not qualify as a democracy. Um, so just because we call something a democracy, it, it, it doesn't mean that we have even externally a Shura system. Um, you know, is it really a democracy if there are deep inequities between classes? Is it really a democracy if there are deep-seated racism and um, race politics creates deep hierarchies in power that are pretty much unmovable? Um, is it still a democracy if um, you have a system that is corruptible by special interest money and the ability of special interest money to thwart all types of policies and lobbying and so on? Um, you know, we, we forget all too often that it wasn't that long ago that even the, those who founded American democracy warned about special interests and the corrupting impact of special interests. You know, I often wondered if um, George Washington, if he came today, whether he would even classify the U.S. as a democracy. If you read the thought of George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, both, I think they would have a very hard time classifying the U.S. as a democracy as it exists today because of all the things that they warned about actually happened. So, and 
I, that's why I think it is really important that I think completely agree with you about it starts with the individual. But I think it is also really important that we understand the moralistic nature of when we say shura, in many ways, in my view, we are talking about a real democracy. We are talking a democracy in which there is the institutional means by which we can avoid ills like classism, racism, special interests, like corporatism, and, you know, the, the types of things that give the outside veneer, the optics of participation. I mean, one, one person, one vote is not, that's not what a democracy is about. I mean, it's, yeah, it's one of the things that is important for democracy, but it's that's not it. It's not just a matter of, you know, every once in a while, every once every four years you go and, or once every whatever years, you go and cast a vote, and then we say, oh, since we have that as a democracy. And that's, that's the problem we have, for instance, with Israel. Uh, you know, just because you have elections and you have... Uh, you know, a, a certain group of people, even a corrupt politician like Netanyahu, who, you know, has been playing musical shares with his fellow elites for God knows how long. Is that a democracy? It's the same exact corrupt group of white uh, privileged Jews that keep playing musical chairs over and over and over. Uh, at, at the expense of numerous people, first and foremost the Palestinians, is that a democracy? You know, the optics are very deceptive. Um, and, and I think when Muslims, because Muslims are a colonized people, they, they always talk about shura as whether it's a democracy or not a democracy. As if that's the objective. No. Shura is beyond the, you, you, should have, you should aspire for Shura to be beyond democracy, to be real democracy, true democracy. Building on um, Joe's point about it starting with the individual, I thought it was really interesting um, in that same verse 36, where after avoiding major sins and you know, major immoralities, number two is anger. Yeah. And that comes yeah. before prayer. Before prayer. It's just that would be interesting. Because at the social level, because it's talking about social level. Mm. Because it, it, anger is the great corrupter of justice and the, the great access point for demons. But at an individual level, especially. Yeah, and especially at an individual level. Yeah. Um, any more questions here? I, I just had one, actually, um, just a clarification, which I thought was really fascinating when you talked about repentance, true repentance, and you were reading that passage. And you said there were six parts, but I only captured five, so I just want to make sure that we didn't miss one, or maybe it was just the way it was counted. So, in um, the, oh, sorry. And then in the meantime, while, if, if while you're looking um, for that, Joe also reminded us, um, reminded me that 
Um, the Sheikh gave um, a really powerful khutbah called The Higher Aspirations of Justice from uh, February 7th of 2020, where he talks about verses 37 through 43 in Surah Al-Shura. So if anybody's interested in doing further study, um, I would say I'd recommend um, checking that out. Um, Thank you, Joe. So what was okay? So the first, this is the the um, from Ali bin Abi Talib radiallahu anh. So it says uh, first is regret about past sins. Do you have that? Oh, actually, I missed that one. Okay. So the first one I had was if you miss prayer or fasting, make it up. No, the first is re, re, to al al madi min al zinub al nadam. Regret about past sins. Okay, and the rest I had, uh, if you miss prayer or fasting, make it up. Mm. If you commit an injustice, you need to either compensate, address, or fix it. Right. In the same way you built upon sin, you have to melt it with regrets. Right. Um, and then the way you tasted joy and pleasure of sin, you have to address with equal measure the bitterness of repentance. Right. And you should have tears to replace every laughing. Right. Okay, that's six. Thank you. Okay, any last bit? I think we're actually very close. We're out of time now, right? It just flies by. Yes, we're out of time. 10.40. Okay. Alhamdulillah. Thank you so much for an amazing um, surah. Um, I can't wait to see what's next. Actually, I'm really now I'm excited for um, Al-Araf, now that you've given us a hint to what is to come. So, inshallah, may Allah present that at the right time. Al-Araf is a long surah. Okay, so... Inshallah, may it fall on a Saturday, not too long from now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, everybody, thank you so much for joining us. And inshallah, we hope to see you Tuesday. Have a wonderful rest of the weekend. Mm -hmm. See, now we wave here because these guys are actually here. Oh. They're here now.